Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unhedged, and I'm the show's host, Frank Troyes. And as folks who know me might say, I have a face for radio, hence why we've been so successful with the podcast, despite over 20 years of doing network TV work for the business networks, both in the United States and here in Asia. Question may come up, why a podcast versus TV? You know, to be perfectly candid, we would engage in the most incredible discussions off camera and the most contentious discussions between panelists, guest hosts, off air than we would when the light was on and we were recording the show. That for me was the bellwether to say that our viewers and our listeners needed to hear that debate. They needed to hear those honest opinions, unfiltered, uncentered, with guests having at it in a good constructive debate. On Unhedged, we find ourselves with an incredibly diverse group of guests. Literally, they range from winemakers to theologians to environmentalists to politicians. Yet at the same time, we find everyone is actually talking about the same things. There tend to be the same undercurrent themes in each one of these discussions. So while on the surface, it may seem that we're talking about markets, we really aren't. We're actually talking about everything that you and I and our families and our kids and our grandkids are thinking about and going through each and every day. That said, based on the subject matter, at a minimum, the show will be on once a week, but in many cases, we're on two to three times a week. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. In addition, we have an incredibly active community with our partners at Slack with Unhedged, which is available 24-7. So if there's anything that we say on the show that for whatever reason you'd like to continue the discussion yourself, you can actually do that with the guest hosts and participants that we have on the show. So feel free to do that, and that's available 24-7, and you can find that on our website. So again, on behalf of everyone here putting together the show, we thank you for tuning in. And as always, if there's something that we say that doesn't necessarily agree with you, that's what we're here for. It's meant to be unhedged. And with that, welcome to this week's show. Today's broadcast is brought to you today by Oracle. Oracle helps customers develop roadmaps, migrate to the cloud, and take advantage of emerging technologies from any point. These include new cloud deployments, on-prem environments, and hybrid implementations. Oracle's approach makes it easy for companies to get started in the cloud and even easier to expand as business grows. For more information, go to sohocap.com unhedged, and we can provide free cloud credits to our listeners. Hello, and welcome back to Unhedged. I am your host, Frank Troyce, and with us today is Ian Chapman-Banks. Ian, great to see you again. Thank you for uh, indulging us in one more segment. And Frank, thanks uh, thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to <laughs> no, it. No worries. Yeah, and by the way, I got on a personal level, I have to apologize. There's a t- Singapore being Singapore. There's a fair amount of uh, background noise, so uh, uh, we have another construction project, so bear with me as you hear the cranes moving. Ian... <laughs> One of the things I want to follow up on that we talked about in the last segment is is the concept of if if in one model I can come to you with a pile of information and say here's a million individuals uh, here's what they've done and based on what we talked about before you're in a position where you can look at that and say here's what that group will probably do next is, is and and then with that if that is if that is a correct conclusion. 
what 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 do you have in terms of the ability to influence that decision? So, for lack of a better analogy, to use the uh, the matrix, you know, if I'm choosing one color pill and that seems to be what my predilection is for, what can you then do to to shift that decision if, in fact, that's that's even possible? Yeah, choose the red pill <laughs> as opposed <laughs> exactly. to the blue pill. That's right. Yeah. So I think uh, yes. So so the que- the answer is yes, and there's there's a couple of ways of doing it, and I think. It's all predicated on one thing is that unfortunately, as much as we like to think that, you know, myself and you and you, Frank, are a totally unique species, in fact, we are fairly predictable uh, in our life based by behavioral cohort. So actually, our behaviors are predictable. Uh, the challenge is, is that it's very difficult to decode that unless you have a machine to actually decode all the possible outcomes and put a mathematical probability on it. It's very difficult. So... If you came to me with uh, uh, the data of a million people, or if you didn't come to me with the data of a million people and said, you know, I I really want to sell uh, you know life insurance, I want to sell hedge funds, I want to sell bonds, I want to I'm a Mercedes, I want to sell cars. Can you help me do that in you know 30, 40 markets? So I'd say that using AI and using let's call it unstructured anonymous data, plus if you have records on a million people, that's fantastic. Is that we would be able to add a behavioral component on that. In other words. Based on a moment in time, we would be able to understand exactly uh, potentially two things where we can help. One is, I'm about to buy a Mercedes. Is this a good time to nudge them to be buying uh, an Audi, as an example? Or I'm thinking about buying a life insurance from particular brand A. If we were actually message them in this particular way, we could actually nudge them to, to brand B. Now, the converse to that is where it gets into you know slightly interesting territory, whereby it is possible that uh, in terms of, let's call it the fake news uh, uh, arena or the fake news world, where there are automated bots going out generating fake news and influencing people, what we can do, being the good guys, uh, you know, and if AI is used for good, what we can do is actually counteract those messages, one, by neutralizing the bots or the fake news, and number two, reaching the people that have been influenced because we're able to see that they have been influenced by these bots or this fake news and then counter the message. So there are a couple of ways of doing it, but definitely in the moment of intent, I'm intending to do something, that's the point where you can be most swayed or turned or converted to another product. Take me back one sec, because I think it's important in the context of your model. So let's use Mercedes. I I like the car analogy. So if, if one of these large manufacturers is coming into the region, and you and I have seen here in Asia, one of the, the, the challenges and the puzzle that every company is trying to figure out is just how different each one of these markets is. That said, you're in a position to say to Mercedes, hey, we're looking at the behavior of, of Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, these are the markets you will probably have the greatest success. Right? Is that is that fair? Like as an initial cut, you could tell the, the end client that answer. Yes, and size the market. Yes, absolutely. Got it. Got it. And then then the next question is to, to that to to what you were alluding to earlier. Um, you you might be in a position where demographically you could, but and again, I'm just going to make up something where you might say, "Hey, Mercedes, today you might not have a critical mass in Indonesia, but with a little bit of." Um, work on certain variables, we believe we can move the consumer to that purchase because they certainly have the purchasing power to do it. Just today, they, they just aren't. Is that is that fair? 
That is fair, and I can give you a very interesting example in South Africa, where we actually did some, and actually this is actually Mercedes in South Africa, and we can talk about it, is actually we did some very deep analytics in looking in South Africa of what type of people are most likely to convert to buy a Mercedes right now. And actually it's going to sound very odd, but that the engine came back and told us people that have a high interest in water filtration equipment are the highest likelihood to convert. So we actually run that construct and we sent, we sent advertising to people that had a very high interest in water filtration equipment, and they were the highest converters for Mercedes. And when we, did, when we did the deep analysis, we said, why is it people have an interest in water filtration equipment are actually converting to Mercedes higher than any other group that Mercedes has ever measured in South Africa? And when we looked into the, the, the construct, the cluster, it was because there, is a, there was and there is a water shortage in South Africa. These people lived on gated compounds, so they were very wealthy. But what they were doing is as a gated compound in the community, they were actually buying water from tankers, from trucks, and actually installing water filtration systems into a communal tank and actually cleaning the water themselves and pro providing their own, if you like, clean water supply. These people have the most money and the highest inclination to buy Mercedes. So that's kind of an interesting example, which is not obvious of, of these behavioral groups that would act upon uh, a particular message at a particular time. That's interesting. You know, re regrettably, it reminds me in Montecito where where you had folks like Oprah Winfrey that literally had their own private fire department for their properties. So the, the irony was, you know, you could actually look at who is buying fire trucks and <laughs> conclude that, you know, it's probably your end, your end customer. Exactly. Uh, and the highest, <laughs> I was going to say the highest converters for Mercedes in South Africa uh, for SUVs, believe it or not. And it took a long time for me to convince both Mercedes and BMW, this is the case in India, are people that want to go on a skiing holiday in Europe. And, How interesting! And women that want to buy, uh, want to open up uh, jewelry stores, and it's basically the new liberated middle class of India that have just got married, maybe thirty-two to thirty-five years old, about to have the first child, and they're converting to SUVs because it's a tough terrain. And by the way, it looks cool, and the part of the set that goes skiing, not golfing anymore. Uh, the guys buy the four-door salons golf. The people, the females that buy the SUVs for the first time in Indian history, it's females, uh, go cruising and skiing in Europe because it's a VIP. It's the next thing to do in India. Amazing. And how, how one, one of the other things that people are taught when, when we look at this in the context of direct marketing or lead gen, there are a lot of studies done in terms of the, the amount of time you have to, to, to follow up, to, to influence uh, a decision. And, and, and convert someone. Do you find that that's the case here? Do you, is, is there, a, so in other words, you know, the, the person's received the messaging, how long will that Mercedes messaging resonate where they wake up the next day and say, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm still going to incline to buy a 40, 50, $60,000 car. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's kind of the process we call nudging. And there's two examples of it. So it's not only time and place, it's device. So I'll give you an example. At lunchtime, in Raffles Place is the best time to send out a promotion on a credit card. In other words, send, send a, uh, an ad out at lunchtime at Raffles Place. You can do geofencing. And here's the best offer on your DBS, HSBC, UOB credit card. Go to Starbucks or go to Italian pizza or Chinese food and get 10% off. That gets conversion immediately. If you were to send a message at 12 o'clock in Raffles Place to say, 
you know, please click on this and, you know, and fill in a form to acquire a credit card, absolutely would not happen. You have to do that at nine o'clock at night. And you have to do that when that person is on the PC or laptop. No one will fill an, you know, no one will fill a credit card application in uh, on a mobile. So what we find is that we will send people messages when we know they're in the backs of taxis. They will see the message. They will not act on it. But then we'll send a nudge message about nine o'clock or ten o'clock at night to the laptop or PC, and that gets a very high percentage of conversion. Now there is one group of people in Singapore that actually do not need any amount of nudging to convert and don't even need any messaging from AI companies. It's people that buy Mercedes AMGs. Mm -hmm. They actually wake up one day, they see the next door neighbor has bought one, and they immediately go to the showroom and convert. So in other words, when I spoke to Mercedes about this, they said it's true. They said, actually, they never send messages out for AMG. The people literally walk in the showroom and literally turn it and buy it immediately. So in that case, this very high-end brand, which is, I can't even imagine how much it is in Singapore, let's say millions of dollars. The path to conversion is, I've seen the car, I want it, I'm going to buy it because I can afford it. Whereas for the average person who's going to buy a Toyota or a Mercedes E-Class, it's kind of, you know, 50% of your you know net disposal income for the next five years and is a very considered purchase. It's interesting. It's almost, uh, if, if you and I were working for Mercedes, it would almost behoove us to just park the car in the neighborhood and let everybody get paranoid about who actually owns the car. Just drive around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, you know, for, for our folks back in the, the States that are listening to this, one of the things that they, they can't get their arms around uh, when, when we talk about Singapore is sometimes they'll sarcastically say, look, it's a country, it's got 5 million people, that's half the size of, of uh, Manhattan during, you know, nine to five. So, you know, why are we paying attention to this? But at the same time, it, it, th- there are certain characteristics here that, that, that are being enabled that, that are truly incredible to watch. And one of the questions I would have for you, and I don't know if you can answer this, Singapore is, is a, you know, it's a consistent market in terms of characteristics. The, the, the end consumers are, are the same for the most part. Whereas, again, let's just pick on the United States because they're easy to pick on. Where do the characteristics of, of you know, a, a consistent homogeneous market, where do they break down? Like in the States, we would argue that, you know, if you travel from the north to the south or from east to west, in, in many cases, you're going to a different country. Where, where do you see that yeah. differentiation where you could say, hey, we're now truly in a different place. This, oh, this person's yeah. different. I mean, I can give you very three quick examples of the U.S. The first example is that when we build our behavioral clusters, the iPhone cluster in the U.S., just the people who are interested in the iPhone product and the accessories, is bigger than the whole of Europe and, and, and the U.K. put together. So that's just an example. The second example is that uh, it's so deep and so rich in data. So I can tell you right now, and I just finished some work for an insurance company, there is, there is a school teacher in Brooklyn. She's 42 years old. Her kids are 9 and 11. It's 9 o'clock at night. Uh, she's a primary school teacher. She's been disrupted because she mainly has her job, uh, and she's gone onto salary.com, which is the, the, comp, the, the, the website for, for jobs. And in the very second search string or event, she's actually looked for best divorce lawyer. Now, What's happened is she's on salary.com to look for her husband's uh, basically salary, and he's a semiconductor engineer. Now, in three weeks' time, when we send her a message to talk to a financial advisor for life insurance because your life has been disrupted, she will convert. So in other words, this woman doesn't know she's going to buy life insurance and doesn't know she needs it, 
and she will convert to life insurance. And the reason we can do this is that the, the data sources are so rich and so deep, we can get that granular. When we were selling, God forbid, burial insurance in, in Florida, the highest converters were people that wanted to make their last trip to Jerusalem. And they converted. Wow. Now, the slight challenge we had is that we were running a Facebook campaign. And uh, quite often, we got the same person five times replying to the ad because they actually forgotten they replied to the ad to the previous day. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so that was it. We had one guy replying eight times uh, and wanted to buy the insurance eight times. But it's, it's just an example that in Florida at five o'clock in the morning, if you send a Facebook ad, you get a very high percentage of conversions for insurance for over 65. So uh, it's, it's, Florida is, is a region. Uh, Brooklyn is a, is a country, as you said. Uh, it's, it's deep and it's rich. I mean, in San Antonio, uh, we were advising in San Antonio not to have, for particular cars, not to have drive-off-the-lot kind of uh, financing packages because there's a very high chance they would just disappear into the night. Whereas in, in New York and, and San Francisco, that would never happen. In other words, they, they, they would never be seen again. So in, in, in you, the United States of America, for its 400 million people, is incredibly diverse. And it took us, I think it took us about two to three years just to learn how to, to twiddle with those nuances. Because AI is not all about the engine. AI is about the, the tools, the techniques, the tips, the learnings and put that learning back into the AI. So it took us three years to get moderately good in the US. And it's still, you know, it's still a work in progress, but it is an incredibly rich data source. Well, with that, Ian, why don't we take a quick break there? Uh, we'll take a quick commercial break. And you had me laughing with the analogy of Florida. I was just saying the uh, that's where, quote unquote, the interweb becomes a problem for the end user and, and uh, <laughs> their seven to nine request. But uh, would you have time for sure. one more segment if we came Absolutely. back? All right, perfect. So for our listeners, we will be right back with Unhedged after this quick commercial break. Thanks again. Thanks again. 